This episode is being brought to you by the Speak English with Tiffany Academy. If you are tired of trying to figure out what to study, if you want to get a better job but your English is holding you back, or if you feel stuck at the same English level and you don't know what to do, then the Academy is for you. When you join the Academy, you will get access to a 365-day English lesson plan created specifically for intermediate and advanced English learners. These 365 days of English lessons will cover English vocabulary, American culture, listening skills, fluency, idioms, expressions, and so much more. You will also be able to join a private community where you can practice what you learn with English learners from all around the world. So join today by going to www.speakenglishwithtiffanyacademy.com. Welcome to the Speak English with Tiffany podcast, a podcast especially created for intermediate and advanced English learners. In this podcast, you will hear natural English conversations, learn specific English tips and tricks, and also get to know many different ESL teachers. This podcast will take your English ability to the next level and help you to be more confident and more fluent when you speak in English. Are you ready? Well then, let's jump right in. Hey everyone, this is Teacher Tiffany and I want to thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Speak English with Tiffany podcast. In today's episode, we are going to talk about CV writing and how you can make your CV or resume even better. Again, this is a part of the Business English series and I have my guest teacher Julie on again and we have a great conversation talking about CV writing and giving you tips to make your CVs even better. Now, before we jump into the episode, I want to remind you about the weekly English Words membership. That's right, www.weeklyenglishwords.com. Each episode of this podcast includes tons of new vocabulary words, expressions, and idioms that are used by native English speakers. But as an English learner, it's hard for you to know the correct meanings and how to use the words, expressions, and idioms properly. That is why the weekly English words membership was created. As a member, after each podcast episode, you will find an entire section that includes video explanations for more than 25 words and expressions that were used during the episode. And as a member, you will also be able to download a PDF that includes the definitions. You won't find this anywhere else on the internet. So trust me when I say you need to become a member now. But I know that you are curious still and you'd like to know what words and expressions we are going to use in this episode. So I want you to hear a few of the words and expressions that we are going to use today. Teacher Julie, your guide and teacher for the weekly English words membership, will explain them and then we will jump right in to today's episode. So the adjective wordy means that you've used too many unnecessary words 
in something. So for example, let's say that you are explaining a really simple idea that could be explained in one sentence, but you explain this idea in 10 sentences. In this case, it's too wordy. There's too many words that you really don't need. So in this podcast, you heard us talking about uh, CVs and having a CV that is too wordy is never a good thing. So be very careful with that. So again, wordy just means using too many unnecessary words. So the expression, what is your stance on something is just another way of asking what is your opinion or what do you think? So the next time you want to ask someone their opinion or what they think about something, you could ask them, what is your stance on so-and-so? So for example, what's your, what is your stance on politics? What is your stance on this law? What is your stance on learning English online? So again, what is your stance on something? It's just another way to say, what do you think about this thing? Or what's your opinion of this thing? All right. Hey, Julie, how are you? Very well. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. Thank you. Doing great. I'm looking forward to this episode, this next episode of the Business English uh, series. Um, today, we're going to be talking about CVs or resumes and some tips and tricks that we can give the students. So I'm looking forward to hear what you have to say about those things. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, so we can jump right in then. Um, you know, CVs and resumes really are something that students worry about a lot. So let me ask that question first. Why do you think CVs and resumes, and resume is just another name for CV, why are they so difficult for students, English learners? Um, I think that they're difficult even for a lot of people, even in their own language. But yeah. of course, uh, when you're translating it to another language, English or any other language, um, there's a lot of principles that people have never learned. Uh, mm. And it's really hard to kind of choose what to include and to choose the wording uh, because yeah. it's for a different purpose. So it's not just for the purpose of of learning English. Mm -hmm. uh, it's for the purpose of getting a job. So I think that yeah. it's just something that a lot of people have never had experience with. Mm -hmm. And the first time doing it is is a lot more challenging than people expect. Yeah, I, I think that's very true. Very true. I've heard a lot of students say it's quite a daunting task or like even Americans or Canadians too. Like it's really not easy, not that simple. It's not, so, yeah. I think this is going to be a podcast that's not just beneficial for English learners, but also for those who already speak English. Um, so then let's start off kind of with the basics then. What are some things that should be included in a CV? Um, a CV, first of all, it has to be organized. Uh, so there's a couple of sections that you really have to include. And um, the first one is the heading, the heading section. So you need your basic information, your contact information, um, very basic stuff. Mm -hmm. And then underneath that, you need to have an objective or a profile. So you need mm -hmm. something that kind of summarizes who you are. Mm -hmm. And that was your work experience and your education and your skills. Like I'd say these are the, these are the essential things to yeah. have there. Um, sometimes people, I think in the past, a lot of people used to include hobbies uh -huh. and there's a lot of mixed, uh, signals about this. Like some yeah. people say it's, some people say it's not a good idea. Yeah. Um, so I personally don't include hobbies. Yeah. Me um, <laughs> yeah. I, 
why do you not do it? And then because I, I don't know. <laughs> so first, I never saw it as an area to add to a resume when I was first starting to write my own resumes. But also, I feel like writing my hobbies directly on my resume can kind of create some sort of bias to like the person that reviews okay. my resume. They may say if they have the same hobbies, they can make an assumption about yeah. me as an individual. Um, yeah. And maybe if they don't have the same hobbies or if they had an experience with someone who had that hobby and maybe all of a sudden these preconceived notions can formulate in their mind. So I think the actual interview is more important for sharing any personal information they have questions about, but that's yeah. kind of why I don't. Yeah. For me, it's, it's, it's this, and it's also because it's a little bit irrelevant. Mm. Um, and I think people write such generic things sometimes, like I like reading, I like traveling, which is nice, but it just has nothing to do uh, most of the time yeah. with the job. So it's just kind of like a filler, I guess. It's just mm. there to kind of take up space. Yeah. So I probably don't, don't love it. <laughs> I got you. That makes sense. That makes sense. I was laughing because, oh, well, those are my two hobbies. Just joking. They're not. They're not. They're not. <laughs> <laughs> the hobbies yeah. themselves are okay. So, you know, there's a time and a place. There's a yeah. time and a place at your house. <laughs> Just this is time and a place. But, no, I'm yeah. messing with you. <laughs> so I agree. I agree. Um, well, then what about when it comes to formatting? And this is something that I'll be honest, when I had to do my first resume, it was very difficult and tricky to know what was the right formatting. Because like when I went on Google or well, actually when I made my first one, there was no Google. But when it got <laughs> to the point where Google existed and I would search for different formatting um, options, there were so many. So how do you decide the proper format for a CV? Uh, it's a very good question. Um, and now actually, like when you, when you search on Google, there's so many formats. Um, I think it also depends on the type of job. So let's, let's talk about like a standard CV. Basically just be clean and professional. So there shouldn't be a lot of graphics or colors or different fonts. Mm. And the spacing has to be, it seems like a small detail, but if you cram a lot of information into a small area, like it's just hard to it's hard yeah. to read, yeah. Um, and it should be at least one page to mm-hmm. like maximum three pages. So the formatting, it's you, you ha- it's very um, standard, I guess. It's yeah. very standard. So you have black fonts, bold titles, um, mm-hmm. clear spacing. It should be organized. Nothing too crazy. Like, of course, if you're a designer or an artist, like there's a little more wiggle room. Like you can make it look a little fancy but like you shouldn't go crazy with it yeah Um, and i think of course over time as well the formats have changed right so yeah yeah it's it's it should be clean professional easy to read and it shouldn't be too 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 long either yeah yeah it's so funny so uh i did study design as well in school and so i'm also very aware and very um what is the word i want to use the way something looks affects me immediately so when you're speaking about the proper spacing it's very true when something is crammed or it's too tight it's very hard to read like as a a, to gloss over to glaze over or even to skim it's hard when everything is kind of scrunched together so i agree the spacing is really important yeah and and people receiving cvs like it's not basically it's not their job to 
sift through like tons of information. Yeah. It's your to present something that's really clear. So yeah. like spacing and formatting, sometimes people overlook, like especially we're talking about someone who's writing their CV in English for the first time, like, of course, the language is really important, but um, the, the visual aspect of it is yeah. still a representation of you. So if you present something that's cramped and, and sloppy and hard to read, it, yeah. it, it's a reflection of you. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, that's very true. Very true. So as you guys are listening to this episode, remember, presentation is very, very important, not just the information. All right. I think they're equally important. I would say they're. That's very a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then, what about as we get kind of more into the nitty gritty? What about the word choice and appropriate use of language? Like, is it okay to use slang on a CV? Or what? Would- <laughs> <laughs> okay. Definitely not okay. <laughs> not okay. Um, the word, the word choice can be really tough. It can be really tough. So I think that a common challenge a lot of people face is that, or that I've seen is that CVs are like too wordy. Mm. They're really, really wordy to, um, explain a simple point. So sometimes with, with learning a language, you kind of think that more is better, mm-hmm. um, I've noticed the same thing with exams, with with a lot of written assignments. Like people just kind of think, like, oh, if it's complicated and if it's long, it's better. So right. a wordiness or just really long, excessive sentences is one thing that's not okay. Yeah. Um, the language also has to be specific to the job and the industry that you're applying for. So mm-hmm. if you have very, very general, unrelated language. Um, mm. It doesn't make a strong. It doesn't make a strong CV. Mm-hmm. Um, you also need powerful verbs, like verbs that show that you're doing something, mm-hmm. not just like um, a job description. Mm-hmm. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, that makes sense. I know that's one thing that I try to constantly emphasize when I'm teaching my students something about English or teaching them how to uh, be fluent in English. It's being precise and concise. Like it's not about talking for a long period of time. As you mentioned, it's not about being lengthy. It's about getting your idea out in a clear and easy to understand way. And the same, as you mentioned, applies to your CV. Don't make it long. Like make sure if you're able to express yourself and explain your point clearly and only have a one to two page CV, that's a good reflection of your abilities as an English speaker and also the ability you'll have, um, to, I guess, complete the job you're applying for as well. And another thing is um, with adjectives, like sometimes adjectives are good if they're very carefully chosen. So I Mm. think that people just kind of, sometimes people want to add, I don't know, I guess they want to make it stronger. (laughs) They just, they they overdo the adjectives. Yeah. Um, A lot of like general, generic, overused words. Yeah, um, won't actually make it stronger. It's just a lot of extra words. Yeah, so like adjectives need to be um, selective, very, yeah. very carefully selective. Um, yeah, that makes sense. There, there's an expression in English. You know, we say someone uses a lot of flowery words. Like they're using a lot of flowery words that mean nothing. Like you're just. <laughs> It means yeah. nothing. So yeah, it's not a fluff. Like it's just yeah. a lot of fluff. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Be very careful with that. 
Okay, so then warning the students not to use a lot of fluff, to be very precise and concise, then that moves us into the next tip. How can individuals like English learners highlight relevant skills and experiences? If they're trying to express, you know, all the talent and skill that they have, and maybe they have a lot, but how do they kind of condense that information and highlight their skills properly? Um, so this, this should be done by basically taking the skills and requirements from the job description itself. Oh, nice. um, so I would literally read the job description physically. Like I, I, this is the way that I do it with my students. Like I print it out or project it on all of it's in person and physically highlight like important things. Mm. And we try to find a way to plug those things into the CV. So mm. even if you have amazing skills, but they're unrelated, um, it just kind of means nothing. It just kind of means nothing. So um, they have to be directly related to the job and to the company. Mm -hmm. So let's say that they, on the job description, there is not a lot of information. It's very vague and it's short. You mm -hmm. can also go like onto the company website. And oh, good. yeah, you can get information. So you can literally kind of copy paste words and phrases um, uh -huh. from from them. So they're yeah. telling you like we are looking for this. So you mm -hmm. can just take this and put it directly into your CV, so they can see like okay, this is a perfect match. That makes sense. Again, yeah, I think that's you can like, in balance. You can't overdo it. Like don't copy paste everything. But <laughs> a few. A few <laughs> And with these specific phrases, it's, it's okay. It's like that phrase, do everything in moderation. I'm like, yeah. you can do it, but do it in moderation. So I think <laughs> yeah. that's a great tip, though, honestly. And I think it's a very practical tip because, like you mentioned, CVs, um, they'll kind of change depending on the job description or the, what they're looking at. But if they do highlight the key points, then they can kind of connect their skills to those points. So I think that's really good advice, really good advice. Yeah. So then, so they can highlight their skills by connecting them to what's actually on the job posting. So how do they tailor their CV more specifically to the job? I know we talked about skills and tailoring their skills to the job posting, but how can they tailor their CV? Let's say, for example, they've, they've created their basic or generic CV, and mm -hmm. then they apply for a job at one company, company A, and then they also apply for a job at company B. How can they kind of manipulate their generic CV to match company A and company B? Um, yeah, so that's, that's a very good question. I think it's like, I think it's super important. Mm. For me, like there's no such, you can have a generic CV for yourself, but mm -hmm. never really um, to send to anybody. Right. So, okay, like we can look at the example of ourselves as teachers, okay? Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes on job postings, you see teacher, professor, instructor, trainer, mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. so if I were to apply for a job and the job title was English professor, I mm -hmm. would change my CV to English professor. That makes if sense. I, yeah, if I apply. Oh, I think it went out a little bit. Yeah. I think okay. it went out a little bit. It's okay. It's back. Okay. We are back. Okay, you can do that time. Okay, so yeah, basically, like, this is a small thing. It's the same job, but it's a different choice of words, okay? Mm -hmm. Um so I've done this. I've personally done this. Um, uh -huh. where I applied for a job as an English trainer. Mm -hmm. And my title, I basically changed all of the titles in my employment history to trainer instead of teacher. That makes sense. That makes okay? sense. So it shows that I've 
read the job description, first of all. Yeah. Um, so this is one like practical example. Kind of like um, attention to detail, like you paid attention to the small things. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's again a matter of like choosing in information that they've given you and right. seeing like where you can fit it in. So not only in your skills, it can also be when you're talking about your past jobs, it can also be in your objective. Um, it can be everywhere in your CV, but it's, it's again a matter of like taking the time to, to read and kind of sift through the information yeah. that they've given you. And then yeah. fit in like everywhere you can, not just in one section. That makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, makes total sense. Great advice. Okay, so then you've given these tips for how to connect your CV to the job posting. But I'm sure there are some other don'ts and some do's and don'ts that students need to be aware of when they're preparing their CV. So do you have a series of do's and don'ts that can help the students as they're preparing their CVs? Um, yeah, one, one big one, uh, is about including a photo, um, in America, what is your, what is your stance on this in America? Having a photograph on your CV. We don't put a photograph, honestly, like we've never like put photographs on our CVs. It wasn't no. until I went to Korea and I saw my friends putting their photo, I was like, why are you putting your photo on your resume? But so yeah, yeah we don't do that in America. Yeah. Um, I had never done it before I came to Dubai either. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was an experience. I said, this is so strange. Why do I need this? Uh-huh. Um, so one big don't is don't include a photograph unless it's a rule in the country where you are. So mm-hmm. it's also important to check, to check if, yeah. if that's included. Um, also don't include really personal information. So your marital status, your gender, it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. Um, Do you include your age or anything in the U.S.? No. No, right? Mm -mm. I think it's the same as Canada. It's just the basic information. Yes. It's more related to what I've studied, what I know, what skills I have, and how they relate to the job. But there are no personal questions about me. Another thing not to include, actually, is um, experience. L- like, let's say you're changing your industry or you're changing your skills. Yes, yeah. Um, like, before we became teachers, we did other things. Right. Um, now, on my CV, it just says I'm a teacher because I've been a teacher for 10 years. Obviously, right. before the 10 years, I did lots of other things. Um, right. But those things are not there because they're just completely unrelated, they're irrelevant. So yeah. including stuff that's so far away from the job you're trying uh, to get is also yeah. not I think that's really good advice. I know that um, when I was preparing my resume for... So just for those listening, resumes are not just for jobs. You can also have the CVs. Like when I was going to get a scholarship for grad school, like, you know, when you're trying to get a scholarship, certain programs require you to give also your your career information and all of other information you have but i also was doing the same thing like i have all of this job experience but it's not connected to what i'm applying for so i also kind of had to sift through the information and take out the things that weren't related to what i was applying for and it was art at that time so that doesn't make sense yeah I think also like the the longer your career is, the easier that is to do. So yeah. like new graduates, it's hard to not include your experience if you have, let's say, one year of experience. Yeah. Um, that case is kind of an exception. Like you want to show that you've that you've yeah. done um, 
something that you have some yeah. work but in, if that's the case then you can instead of focusing like on a job that's not related you can focus more on the skills that you got from that job so yeah. even though it's a different industry you can say okay this was my role and in this role i learned all of these skills that can help me with a new job so yeah. it's kind of a way to put like a spin on it to focus more on the things um that the company wants that makes sense that makes sense yeah that's great advice man <laughs> honestly i always want to keep asking more questions because the conversations are good and because i feel like these tips really help the students a lot um but we're gonna have to stop for this episode um but are there any other tips or last thoughts that you want to kind of express before we end this episode that may help the students with cvs um, I think the main thing that I would say, like I mentioned it before, but I would, I would really stress to not send one CV to every company. You can't, it's not, it's not a, a cookie cutter thing where you just have one and then you yeah. just send it over. Um, because the person receiving it can recognize that it's very general and, so yeah, this is the most important thing. Like for every job that you apply for, take a little bit of time and change a few things. Like of course, keep like a master copy and then change it a little bit. Um, yeah. That's super important. I think that's great advice. Yes, no cookie cutter CVs or resumes. Good oh. advice. <laughs> and also check your yeah. spelling and check your grammar. Very true. Well, Julie, thank you again so much. I really appreciate these business English uh, episodes in this series because you're really helping a lot of students. So thank you again for joining us. Ooh, very much. <laughs> All right. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Remember, if you want to see video explanations for all of the words and expressions that were used in today's episode, all you have to do is join the weekly English Words membership by going to www.weeklyenglishwords.com. Once again, that's www.weeklyenglishwords.com. This has been Teacher Tiffany with the Speak English with Tiffany podcast. Until next time, remember to speak English. <laughs>